Kyle Weens, whose company iFixit teaches customers how to hack their electronics to see what it would take to bring iPhone production to the U.S. All right, so this uh, iPhone screen, the LCD was made by Sharp in Japan. The infamous battery. I'm reasonably confident that this was made in China. If there was one thing that, that we wanted to bring home, I think it would be a relatively easy thing to start making batteries in the U.S. So a bit of advice for Donald Trump. He likes Tesla. He loves coal, too. He loves coal. The headphone speaker. Same story. This is the back panel of the phone. This is made in China. Put that a little in pile China. of stuff in China. Thus proving Donald Trump's point that they're eating our lunch. The rear-facing camera made by Sony in Japan. A dialogue semiconductor part designed in Germany. This is a baseband amplifier, and this is made by TDK in Taiwan. Getting crowded in Taiwan. The antennas that power the iPhone are a company out of Massachusetts called Skyworks, but they do manufacture parts in Mexico. The A10 processor. It's based on IP that Apple licensed from the UK-based company. Apple's design team is actually in Israel. It is manufactured in Taiwan, but there is RAM inside it that was made in Korea. It's really, really hard to make an iPhone. Absolutely. But even if all iPhone component manufacturing was brought to the United States, the over 50 elements needed to make those components are sourced from around the globe. Thinking that tariffs are the magical tool that is bringing the entire supply chain, the entire ecosystem to the United States, is a task that's larger than even Apple could accomplish. The expansion of global trade has helped move a billion people out of extreme poverty since 1990. There's a near unanimity amongst economists that the benefits of trade far outweigh the drawbacks. And it's an opinion held by many of those advising President Trump. Art Laffer is a conservative icon. The free-trading, free-market-loving economist was one of the architects of Reagan's tax cuts and is the godfather of trickle-down economics. The trade deficit is the most wonderful thing in the world. It's foreign capital coming in, which is used to employ Americans. The silliest thing I can think of is trying to get rid of the trade deficit of the U.S. You talk to the president. Why do you not explain this to him? I do. But why is he he's out banging on about the trade deficit all the time? People listen to a message. They make their own decision. He's the president and I'm not. But he's wrong about it. I don't know that to be true. Trump tells me personally he's a free trader. Uh, I believe him. I, I see no reason to doubt that. He's trying to get their attention, bang, so we really get true free trade. I believe. Now, does this scare me? <laughs> yes. He scares you. Oh, he scares me all the time. Do you tell him, Mr. President, this rhetoric? Yes. I understand what you're doing, but it scares me. Yes, of course I do. What? Why not? I, I'm a terrified of a trade war. Protectionism is a killer, and it kills your industries that are protected, and it kills your economy. Do I think we should be at a trade war and treat China like an enemy? No. I think of China as America's best friend. I love China. Without China, there is no Walmart. And without Walmart, there is no middle class or lower class prosperity in America. There just plain isn't. But do I believe he knows what he's doing? Yeah, he's amazing. How is it that you are supporting the president right now? Rhetoric is rhetoric. This is the one thing he's been consistent on for 30 years. I may be wrong on that. I may be misjudging him. He may want to go to war and he may think he can win a trade war. I don't believe he does. Your hope is that Donald Trump doesn't believe what he says. I want to make sure you understand that to take Donald Trump literally is, I think, a huge mistake. Do you take my view of Trump on trade seriously in the sense I that... I take it seriously. I don't know if I agree with That's fair. I don't, I don't know if I agree with me either. The problem is global leaders are taking him literally. After the initial announcement to tariff steel and aluminum imports, the White House quickly exempted Canada, Mexico, and the EU. 
But in June, Trump stunned America's allies, allowing those exemptions to expire and opening up multiple new fronts in the trade war. I think the European Union is a foe, what they do to us in trade. Now, you wouldn't think of the European Union, but they're a foe. Since January, global tariff threats have expanded from 18 products worth roughly $4 billion to a staggering 10,000 products worth almost $400 billion. And the list keeps growing. And when Trump threatened to add European cars to that list, the EU came to the negotiating table. So we're starting the negotiation right now, but we know very much where it's going. Agreeing to a temporary ceasefire and further negotiations. But Trump was under increasing political pressure at home and from members of his own party. It's a bad deal, yeah, all the way around. Bad for the taxpayers, horrible for farmers. Tariffs always hurt us. In 2016, Tennessee Senator Bob Corker was on Trump's shortlist to be vice president. But Corker's support for his fellow Republican wasn't unconditional. It's inappropriate just to be willy-nilly um, throwing tariffs around and changing your mind. And that's not the way you deal with economic issues like that. Massive amounts of foreign direct investment has created more jobs in Tennessee than in any other state. One of the largest foreign employers in the state is Volkswagen, whose plant in Chattanooga created 3,000 jobs. When I was a senator... One of my first calls was to Volkswagen, and we ultimately were able to attract them here. That was a fairly big achievement. Oh, you have no idea. I mean, for Volkswagen to finally announce uh, was no doubt um, uh, the most emotionally impactful thing that's happened. Uh, I mean, you seem slightly emotional, emotional about it now. Yeah. And we have a president of your own party who whose policies might impact these people's lives. Yeah, I think there's some 157,000 jobs uh, potentially in Tennessee that might be affected. That's a lot of jobs yeah. for why we would consider penalizing people who are helping create American jobs is beyond me. The current policies of the current administration, how would that impact this plant? Well, some of the parts come from Japan, some of the parts come from Europe, some of the parts come from, from Mexico. So the price of automobiles that are being produced here will go up and will make them less competitive. All of these things are very price sensitive and that means there'll be less demand. And what it'll do is put Americans out of work. What are you proposing? It's very simple. We're saying you've got to come to Congress after you negotiate the tariff so that we can approve them. Because, again, it's an abuse of his authorities. Corker introduced a bipartisan bill that would give Congress limited oversight of Trump's trade policy. He claims it stalled due to White House pressure. United States senators that are elected by the people in their state don't want to cast a tough vote. We can't vote on the Corker Amendment because we'd be upsetting the president. I can't believe it. I think intellectually... Um, there would be 51 Republican senators that would agree that this is not coherent. Um, but I would politically. Say, but politically, um, the issue is that you've got a very popular president in the Republican base, and challenging that currently with midterm elections coming up is not something many of them want to do. But it's something politicians from across the aisle are happy to do especially those representing areas that will be hardest hit. The majority of nails that are manufactured in this country 
come from a company called Mid-Continent Nail Corporation in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Mid-Continent Nail Corporation, an economic engine in an economically depressed community, has in the past five years doubled in size. But since the tariffs went into effect, they've laid off 60 people with more layoffs possible. In the months since the implementation of the tariffs, Mid-Continent has lost 70% of its business, and they're using everything in their power, including calling on the media and calling on their senator, Claire McCaskill, and they're hoping that can save them. Tell me about how long you guys think you have until you've got to lay off more. Hopefully we don't have to make any more cuts. We just need relief as quick as possible because every day it's a financial burden on our parent company. For years, Mid-Continent fought Chinese metal dumping with lawsuits. It's now reduced to begging the government for an exclusion from the new tariffs. This is a three-alarm fire for jobs in our state. A good family company bought this facility, and there is absolutely no reason that they should be forced to lay people off or to go out of business because of tariffs that have been applied in a way they're going to do more damage than they're going to do good. Traditionally, the people who take a shower after work rather than before work, that has been the soul of our party. We lost credibility with those folks, and shame on us. Many of these people probably have never voted for me, and maybe they never will. That's not why I'm here. What do you say to those voters in your own state that see President Trump as the answer to these problems? He clearly thinks this is a quote-unquote winner and that this is winning, but it doesn't feel like winning to these folks. An hour from here is an aluminum smelter that we visited last month. We're hiring a lot of people, and they love these tariffs, and you represent them too. If we save 300, 400, 500 jobs up the road, and we lose five, six, ten thousand 10,000 jobs in Missouri, I'm not sure that overall that's a good thing. Our order file is so low that it will be significantly less than that. What happened in two weeks, I thought wouldn't happen for two months. Why did it happen so fast? Because the customer that buys our product literally could not take the 19% tariff surcharge that we had to apply to the invoice on top of the price that they were already paying us for a Made in the USA product. So we really have been in crisis management mode for the last three and a half weeks. 80% of this Missouri County voted for Trump, including every employee we spoke with. What would happen if your job went away? Uh, what would you do? I have no idea. You voted for him? I voted for him. You voted for him knowing this kind of trade policy might affect you, right? I didn't think about our raw material. This is a terrible policy then for you. I'm not a politician. You think it's, you think it's the terrorists? I am for fair trade. Mm -hmm. Do I think we ought to give the man a chance? I think so. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. I just read in the paper yesterday that there was a place up in Cape Girardeau laid off some people because we quit buying their product. That's the ripple effects of this. Yeah. So what happens if this entire plant closes down? Where do you go? I don't know. Four years ago, Mid-Continent opened a second factory across the road to meet growing demand. It now stands empty, housing dusty machines and unsold product. This is the paper tape plant that we shut down two weeks ago. One little action, you know, made by our own government, you know, overnight, 
turned our business to a point to where it's what you see today. We're standing inside of a shuttered plant that uh, two weeks ago, every machine in here running, and now today, you know, lights off and nothing going on. There is a real possibility that the plant could shut down if these tariffs stay the way they are, right? I mean, you can answer that one, so, right? so is that a possibility? Of course it's a possibility. We're very fortunate that the owners of this company own a large, large business that allows them to make a long-term call on this. We don't see the tariff lasting, you know, forever. If we were a public company, we might have already shut it out. There's going to be lots of other companies our size that are going to have the same kind of problem. The economy is healthy. Unemployment is at its lowest level since 1969. I am thrilled to announce that in the second quarter of this year, the United States economy grew at the amazing rate of 4.1%. But there's near consensus amongst economists that this prosperity is under grave threat and that President Trump, with the stroke of a pen, could potentially cripple the American economy. It's easy to rip stuff up and throw bombs. That takes no work at all, but I know for sure they are making it up as they go along. I don't think anybody really quite believed we would be at this place right now. But we're here. He basically threatens. We are such a big economy, we're the bully. We're the bully. Okay, we're the big economy. You guys need us. It's easier for us to win trade wars because we're us. I feel very comfortable with Donald Trump's rhetoric and with what he has done so far. Now, can you get me to agree a year from now after he caused the Great Depression? Yes, you can get me to be opposed to it. 